0: stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time, the number 1 internet talk station where your opinion counts. Voiceamerica.com.
1: Welcome to Disability Matters with your host Joyce Bender. All comments, views and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender.
2: And you know what this month is. This is American with Disabilities Act celebration. You know that every July 26th, we have that great piece of civil rights history for people with disabilities that we celebrate. So every year, the month of July, we have a month where we celebrate everything that has to do with the ADA and it is my honor today to have as our guest Miss Ann Summers who is the Policy Counsel for the American Association of People with Disabilities. She is also a great civil rights leader and is the host behind Justice for All and I know Ann personally and she is all about civil rights and quality of life Americans with disabilities and welcome to the show
3: it's wonderful to be here
2: Joyce well it's an honor to have you so Anne, for our listeners throughout the world how about if you tell them first what made you decide to become involved in the
3: community as an advocate Okay. Well, Joyce, I was born as a person with a disability and I I also acquired disabilities in my adulthood. Um, I was born with my legs backwards and my hips missing, my hip sockets missing, so I arrived on scene as part of our community and um it didn't take long for me to start having experiences that um developed some fire in my belly for um for civil rights. Um I grew up uh using Canadian crutches and wearing leg braces and found a lot of uh impediments, physical obstacles throughout my um my childhood going to different schools and different buildings and um it, it really raised my awareness and my sensitivity at a young age and uh it really just took getting aligned with with an organization organization like AAPD and getting to know the leadership here for me to realize that this is uh, the community I wanted to be in and uh, that civil rights were the, were the work that I wanted to be a part of.
2: Well, we're so happy you made that decision. Where, where were you born, Ann? Jackson, Michigan. So you're right here from the middle of the United States, but I bet you never thought at that time where you'd end up, huh? I could not have guessed. Well, we're glad that you did make that move. So, Ann, what we want to talk about today is the presidential forum coming up this July 26th in Ohio, which we're so excited about. Once again, July 26th, signing of the ADA Act. But first, Ann, I thought we could go back a little bit and maybe you could talk about the primary in reference to what happened in New Hampshire
3: in reference to people with disabilities. Well, back in uh, November of last year, in November of 2007, um, we had our very first ever, uh, very historic, nonpartisan, uh, primary-focused. Um, presidential candidates forum and AAPD had never done anything quite like this before and we had been approached just before the primaries by Granite State Independent Living Center um, in, New, in Manchester, New Hampshire and they had done smaller scale events um, involving the presidential candidates in in previous elections, but nothing of this magnitude. And they approached us to partner with them and thought that we could help raise the um, raise the awareness and the community of the event and um, and really raise the status of the event and make it a national a national event. So we pursued uh, that with them and we got 22 national sponsors together, which was we were really impressed with at the time, and um, it included all of the the big organizations. So we had up Epilepsy Foundation, we had um, United Cerebral Palsy, um, we had a number of the real big disability organizations on with us um, and it represented the cross-disability community and we worked and worked and worked and we, we um, were constantly in communication with the different campaigns and at the time there were so many candidates we um, we were able to um, to lock down participation by seven of them and it was Due to the relentless uh, pursuit of our grassroots, calling and faxing and emailing the campaigns and telling them that we wanted them there. And we had, uh, Senator, uh, Senators Dodd and Biden and, um, Clinton in person at the event. We had Congressman Kucinich and former Senator Gravel, Mike Gravel, (laughs) um, in person at the event. We had John McCain call in by phone. Um, he was out of out of town the day of our event, but he did participate by phone. And we had uh, Senator, former Senator Edwards send a surrogate, um, who was former Congressman David Boehner, uh, um, who came and, and addressed us as a surrogate at the event. So we were thrilled to have the level of participation that we did. Um, we had 600-plus New Hampshire voters and a webcast audience in the thousands. So we, we saw it as a huge undertaking and a huge success, and it generated lots of excitement in our community. Wow. Now, you know what? Why do you think this had never happened before? You know I think Joyce um, with any population of of people who have been historically oppressed and and sort of downtrodden, a lot of times we underestimate the power that we have and I don't think that you know in some respects, I don't think our community thought we could um, get the attention of the candidates like we did, so I think that was part of it. Um, I also see you know that our our community is really pulling together um, in recent years around um, sort of cross cutting issues like future administrations and elections, things where we can kind of, um, you know, all have commonalities that, that bring us together, and, and there's so much strength in our numbers.
2: Yes, I know. That's what's so amazing that we haven't had this before. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. am think about that, it is amazing. So, Ann, who is behind this event coming up on July 26th?
3: Well, the idea was hatched in Ohio um, by the Ohio Disability Vote Coalition. They had um, viewed the New Hampshire event and had, you know, watched it unfold. And they watched a lot of the coverage. It got pretty good media coverage throughout the country, and they were just really inspired by the event and excited by it. So they had put forward some seed money towards um, doing a similar event, and they thought, you know, what? We're Ohio is such an important, critical state in the general election, why not do this during the general election when there's just, you know, when the number of candidates is reduced and really make this the first ever national historic um, forum, you know, and make it even bigger than and better than the New Hampshire forum. So they came to us much like Granite State Independent Living had come to us, and they really, um, they wanted to to do this as big and as as, um, as grand as they possibly could. So we've par- partnered with them, and um, we're up to 80 sponsors, uh, which is national and state and local, and the list just continues to grow just about every day. I get somebody in the, my email box that says, is it too late to sponsor the event? So it, the who behind it is really a showing of the entire disability community.
2: Wow. Now, when you say all these people are calling you, like who? Who are some of these people?
3: Well, we've had... Yeah, we've had, um, you know, everybody, we had, um, a, a number of the sponsors from New Hampshire returned, almost all of them. And I, you know, I think that's a real testament to the success of the event in New Hampshire. So we had a number of the same groups come, come back. And then we had, um, coalitions like the Disability Rights Montana. Um, we had people from as far away as Hawaii send checks in for this event and want to sponsor. Um, we had VSA Arts, Spina Bifida Association, a number of the big ones nationally and then just a huge showing of Ohio disability organizations getting really excited that this event's happening in their home state. Okay, well, we have a question for you here from a Linda out
2: of Chicago, and that question is, uh, Ann, will there be, in your opinion, other events like this, or will this be the only presidential event or debate that impacts the disability community?
3: I think that that's a really good question. We've had that question posed to us by a number of folks, and I, I think probably in this this election cycle, this is going to be it. This was um, a huge undertaking, and and we're obviously approaching the November um, the November election, and and uh, the amount of time and, and effort that is going into this one, um, I'm. I'm pretty confident that this is going to be the only one of its magnitude for this election cycle, but I think, you know, the lessons that we've learned here in New Hampshire and just really demonstrating to the community that we are a voice, you know, to be reckoned with and that that the candidates and the campaigns do respond to us, um, I think most certainly we're going to have things like this in the future. All right, and then from a TED in Kansas, um,
2: Ann, what do you do when you talk to groups To give them advice about what they could do, not now, but for the next presidential election, to get this more on the radar screen. For example, are you encouraging people to have these events nationally?
3: I think that's another real good question. I think, um, you know, there's there's benefit in pulling together um, organizations to do things like this. If we were, if we had um, 20 organizations trying to do this individually, I think we'd be losing some power. But by bringing together so many in our community around one event, it makes it that much easier for us to get the candidates there and to, to get the attention of the campaigns. So I guess, you know, my, my suggestion would be start talking it up in your community. And see if you can get a big contingent of other groups behind the idea, and then and then pursue it from there. Um, certainly, you know, the more groups that we can get behind an event, the more credible it appears, and the more power we have when we're reaching out to the campaigns and with regards to the amount of people who will be listening and watching if the candidates were to come. Yeah, and the more thing, we, more that
2: we do now,
3: I feel the better it would be. Don't you agree? Absolutely. I think it's never too early. We April of 2007 is when AAPD and National Council on Independent Living adapt and self-advocates becoming empowered. We had co-authored, the four groups had co-authored a list of questions for the presidential candidates, and we sent them out in April of 2007, which seemed a real far, you know, far away from the actual general election, but it's never too early to start and get this on their radar and then, use it as an organizing tool as well. All right, now Anne, I'm going to ask you this before every break, but where again is this going to be held? This event is going to be held in Columbus, Ohio on July 26th of this year, 1230 to 330, and our location is the Conference and Technology Center, which accommodates huge crowds of people which is in Columbus, Ohio. All of the information, including maps to the event and hotels that are accessible in the area, are available on the AAPD website at www.aapd.com. And what do you have to do to register, just fill out a form? That's right, Joyce. It's free for anybody who wants to come, but we do require registration so we can keep a a, kind of a running tally of different accommodations that we'll need to provide and and make sure that we're, um, you know, cognizant of the amount of people who will be coming. And the registration information is all available on the aapd.com website as well. Okay, once again,
2: www.aapd.com. That's AAPD.com So you can get that information About this great event coming up Right now we're going to go to break for a minute If you just joined us We have today with us Ann Summers Policy Counsel for the American Association Of People with Disabilities Talking about this exciting Presidential debate July 26 This is choice bender, America's Voice, where disability matters, at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right
0: back. Have you ever thought about having your own internet talk show? Well, if you said yes, then click About Us. Then click Be a Host to get more information. Or just call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417. Say that again? 480-294-6417. VoiceAmerica.com
1: mom dad how long should i wait for you mom if i'm at soccer practice what
4: if something happens will you come get me there's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack
0: mom if you're not home should we go to the neighbor's house
4: and some extremely good reasons why you should can you tell me Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit
0: www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council.
4: I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are 2.5 million Americans with the condition, and 1 in 10 Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit EpilepsyFoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000.
0: VoiceAmerica.com
1: If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at one 866 Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender.
2: You just joined us. We're talking to Ann Summers, the policy counsel with the American Association of People with Disabilities, and a friend of mine, a real civil rights leader for people with disabilities. And you know what? We're talking about such an exciting thing. A presidential debate where we include the topic of disability. After all, there are only 54 million of us. Don't you think we should be talking about it? So, Ann, this event on July 26th in Columbus, Ohio, do you expect the presidential candidates to attend? And if for some reason they do
3: not, who do you think they would send? Well, Joyce, that's a great question. It's a question we get a whole lot, especially from our sponsors. And um, I guess before I answer the question, it would be good to to talk about New Hampshire and what happened there because that was a learning experience for us. And um, that was during the primaries, so it was – there were a lot less competing things on uh, the the radars for the campaigns at that point, so the calendars weren't as crucially um, filled as they are now. And uh, in that event, we we saw that we had seven participation, uh, participation from seven different candidates, but I think three or four of them came on within the last 48 hours before the event, and so it was a real nail-biting experience, but we have learned that that's really how campaigns work. They make a lot of last-minute decisions and um, and and a lot of times that's just you know the way it goes so for this event we have said from the very beginning that this was going to be a candidates only event and we've maintained that line with all of our outreach with the campaigns but that being said you know we, we realize that in this this proximity to the November election, there are a lot of competing things on their calendars. So, you know, at this point, I can tell you that um, in an outreach that we've done with both campaigns, the McCain campaign has come back and said that there's a hard and fast commitment that the senator has out of state that day and that it really can't be moved and it can't be rescheduled. So they've been super responsive to us. And, uh, you know, we're working around the clock with them right now to try to set up a, um a, uh, a way in which the Senator could participate remotely and have real meaningful um you know, dialogue with the group. But nothing has been confirmed on that front. And similarly with the Obama campaign, um, because of some of the travel that he does with congressional delegations, we're being told that there's a distinct possibility that he won't be available for the event. But again, we're working around the clock to see if we can get as much as, um, to the extent that we can, that we can get uh, as full participation as possible from him remotely. That is...
2: Amazing because just the fact that he got back to you signifies you probably have a good chance of doing a video webcast of some
3: type. That's right, and we have all the pieces in place on the ground to make that happen. So we're working, like I said, around the clock, and I think it's it's very telling that our community has been, uh, that the campaigns have been as responsive as, as they have. Um, we've been doing outreach, of course, to the campaigns, but let me emphasize the campaigns have been calling us. Um, and these are, you know, very high-level people within both of the campaigns who have been doing outreach to us based on what they have heard from the grassroots advocates who are telling them how important it is for them to have the candidates at this event.
2: Oh, that is awesome. That that would be just awesome. Um, one of the questions that I have here for you for Philadelphia from a Sally is, um, and I have heard... About this event coming up from different disability groups I'm involved with. My question is, do they usually send, if they don't come themselves, whoever the vice presidential candidate may be, I guess that's not determined yet, or do they send like a representative
3: from their office? What do they do? Yeah, it, usually what they would do is, um, and from the very beginning, it's kind of, um, you know, a back-and-forth uh, process that you play with the campaigns, and, you know, it's usually a, they're kind of testing to see how serious you are about getting the can, the candidate themselves there, and so there has to be, some, you know, some firm communication at the beginning that this is an event only for candidates, but in the event that we get real close to the event, um, you know, days out, and we're still not at a point where we've secured the, the participation of either of the senators, you know, that would be a point at which we would be uh, pursuing like a very high level surrogate. And by high level, I mean not somebody, um, you know, from within the campaign that doesn't resonate with the grassroots or somebody who doesn't have a lot of clout or pull with the campaign, but somebody just like you said, uh, like a, a vice presidential candidate or a wife of the uh, the candidate, uh, for instance, a spouse of, of either the senators or um, a VP candidate if one is identified at that point, somebody very high level who can speak and make commitments on behalf of the campaign. And who would be able, I
2: assume, to address
3: questions that you have, in reference to the disability. That's right. Somebody who's well-versed and can be well-staffed for that, um, so that they would be able to speak on our issues, which is the whole point of the forum. So, Ann, what would some of those issues be? What do you think you'd be talking about? well it's. Um, I think the sky 's the limit, but given the breadth of our sponsorship base, we have you know folks representing single disabilities, we have people um, from the provider sector of the community, we have uh, long term services and supports organizations I think given the breadth of our sponsorship base, I would anticipate that Judy Woodruff, who will be um, from the, the the news hour um, uh, from PBS, very acclaimed, well-established news anchor and journalist, I think she'd be likely focusing on cross-cutting issues like universal health care and long-term services and supports, um, enforcement of civil rights laws for people with disabilities, um, the, the um, ADA Amendments Act, Medicaid, um, veterans' issues, and youth and education issues. So cross-cutting, cross-cutting topics. Okay, that
2: is one question we have right here from Pittsburgh, Uh, would you be talking about, uh, from Daniel, would you be talking about the ADA Amendments Act at this event and how is that moving along? Oh, that's a great question,
3: and that could probably be a whole other show. Um, I think most certainly that would be fair game as a question that Judy would want to raise, especially given um, the vote that we had in the House recently, which was 402 in favor to 17 not in favor. So it was a huge victory for disability rights that day um, with the House passage of that of that piece of legislation. And I think, given that it's um, given the victory we had in the House, and given how quickly we we anticipate this may Move through the Senate, I think that would be a very fair question for both of these senators would be to to try to establish where they would be on this piece of legislation. So certainly I think that would be a question that would come up. You know, and so people know about that ADA amendments act.
2: That's a bigger margin than was passed when the ADA was signed. That's right, Joy. That, that that is remarkable. That victory in the House is remarkable. So now everyone has to tell their senator to get behind getting it passed in Senate. Correct, Ann?
3: That's right. That's great advice. Is to uh, to basically call your senators at this point and just tell them that that you support the ADA amendments act and that uh, you were excited by the House passage and that you want the senators. To work um, to get to get a, a bill passed in the Senate as quickly as possible,
2: and you know what Ann, I hope this is a historic show. I hope we look back on this show. Thing. remember we talked about you know that presidential debate on july twenty sixth remember we talked about the ADA amendments mm-hmm. Act and now it's passed that's right that That's what I want to see happen so that as you would say, and there really would be justice for all that's right. Well, Ann, a question I have. Disability groups that are listening to the show across the United States, no matter where they're located and no matter what area they're in, because we all know that AAPD is a cross-disability group, what could they do to help you advertise this event or what could they do to help you get the word
3: out? Well, I think that's a great question, Joyce. We would love to have as many people participate in this event as possible. And we understand that there are certain people for, you know, constraints of money or just, you know, sheer fatigue factor with a drive that would be cross country things of that nature gas prices being up not everyone can join us in person although we'd love to have everybody come um one of the pieces of this event that makes it as exciting as it is is that we have secured a sponsorship with disaboom.com who's agreed to sponsor a webcast of this event so we will have a simultaneous uh live webcast of the entire forum um going out for free across the country and um if, if New Hampshire is any indication, we expect that we're going to have an audience in the tens of thousands. So one of the things that people can do is is promote the webcast in their communities and set up viewing parties. We'd like to have as many people as possible watch this to get a feel for where the candidates stand on our issues. And, you know, to the extent that people want to make this a party, it's the ADA 18th anniversary. What better what better reason to get folks together to celebrate our, our great civil rights law and, and hook up a computer and, and sit around and watch some of the the, um, the program that we're going to be putting together to hear what the candidates have to say about it. So one of the things people can do is promote the webcast. We um, The registration just went live on Friday of last week, and you can get registered by visiting either aapd.com, where the registration link is, or you can go directly to Disaboom's website, and that's disaboom, D-I-S-A-B-O-O-M. Dot .com and it's right there on the front on their front page other ways that people can get involved are because we don't have hard commitments from either of the candidates yet If you want to support the forum, another way to do that um, is to start calling the campaigns and tell them as a person with a disability or a family member or an advocate for people with disabilities, you feel strongly about the candidates taking the time to respond to our community and address our issues and tell them that you feel strongly that they should be there in person for our event. And um, the information on their their websites, uh, in terms of contact information, fax numbers, we're covering all the bases, Joyce. We're making sure they hear from us in all different all different types of ways.
2: You know what, though,
3: that is such
2: great advice. I mean, really, all of you listening to the show, you should call their campaign, Senator Obama and Senator McCain, and tell them, "Hey, I'm a person with a disability." I know this debate is coming up, and I really want to see you there. This is very important to me. You know, Tony Coelho taught me something once, and that is that sometimes you think that that one call or that one letter does not register, but it does.
3: Can I tell you a great story Joyce on that? Yes, yes. I um we've been in constant communication with both of the campaigns and one of the uh one of the staff members on the McCain campaign last week um was writing me an email about um something else it was a logistical matter about the event and we were clarifying some details and at the end of the email she indicated that she had been inundated with emails from from people in the grassroots who had been writing her and asking that the senator be at our event and she said she was absolutely floored that these were coming as personalized emails um, you know with with lots of details about you know people's lives and why this is so important and why these issues are so important and it really seemed to make an impact on her so much so that she included it in the email she sent me and, and said that she'd never seen that from that level of involvement from other groups before see that,
2: that was, oh that is so good
3: Yeah, it was very encouraging You better do
2: something about it Listen, we're going to go to break And we'll be right back to talk more about what you can do to help out We are talking to Ann Summers from AAPD This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters We'll be right back
0: Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 472 5787 VoiceAmerica.com.
4: I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000.
0: Are you ready to take it to the next level, both personally and professionally? If your answer is yes, you owe it to yourself to spend an hour with America's coach, Dan Lear, and The Road to Success, broadcasting live every Thursday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Dan shares proven success strategies that will take you from where you are now to where you want to go. Your road to success begins with America's coach, Dan Lear, on the Voice America Business Channel. Over there, over there's the water. Whoosh! Whoosh! And look at all this stuff I'm standing on. It's called sand, and it's everywhere. This woman may sound silly to you and me. It's made up of little tiny pieces of rocks. Teeny little pieces of rocks.
4: But to her two-year-old son exploring the world around him, (laughs) she makes perfect sense.
0: How does it feel when you touch the sand?
4: Find out how at pornlearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council.
0: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a
1: question or comment, call in toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender.
2: And welcome back to the show. This is Joyce Bender, and we're here today with Ann Summers from AAPD, the American Association of People with Disabilities, talking about this exciting presidential debate on our celebration day, July twenty sixth, in Columbus, Ohio. And one more time,
3: Ann, where is that located again? The event is it, at the Center for Technology, and it's in Columbus, Ohio, and it's at one of these multiplex, gigantic churches which could accommodate um, with a completely accessible, you know, um, keeping accessibility in mind. It was a, a great venue for us to be in. So it's right in Columbus. It's a very, very short drive from the airport, not far from downtown. Great, and fully accessible well we've taken every we've taken every um step that we can I, I don't think any location is fully accessible, but this is we have had it audited and it's it's going to be a great location for us. Well, you know what
2: what we were talking about right before break is what our listeners can do to help out, such as calling their senators and saying, "I want to see you at that presidential debate." Uh, and Ann told a great story at the end about the person she's dealing with at Senator McCain's office that mentioned how they are getting inundated with email about this. So that is great. Kudos to all of you grassroots people out there sending those emails. Good job. Uh, but Ann, you did have another
3: suggestion. Do you want to go over that? Yeah, Joyce, I was sharing with Joyce on the break that another thing that we've asked folks to do, um, which we think is is a very effective way to reach the senators directly because a lot of times we're dealing with the campaign staff and we're not 100% sure we're even, you know, how, how far up we're getting if we're getting into the ear of the senators themselves. And one way to break through that barrier that would be highly effective is to have people from our community show up at these rallies where the senators are going, some of these town hall meetings, some of the schools that they're visiting, and to the extent that we can find out about that in advance, have them show up with signs that say, See you in Columbus, July 26th, um, and, and just promote the event wherever we're going. And we think it can be viral if they see these signs everywhere they're going. They're going to ask their staff, what are these signs about? And to the extent that uh, there are opportunities to ask questions at town halls and things like that, get that on the radar directly to the senators. Ask them a question about, are you planning on coming to the National Forum on Disability Issues, July 26, Columbus, Ohio, and see if we can get it on their radars that way. Oh, that is a great idea. Remember,
2: if you're listening to the show, one of the problems we have in the disability community (coughs) is not getting together. Because if we were united, we we would be the biggest giant of all time think how many of us there are but you know sometimes we get off on our own world and we just do our own thing I'm telling you this impacts everyone this impacts you and your life you need to get involved and Anne, I don't know what your opinion is about that but why do you think it's been so hard to get the disability community united
3: Joyce, I think that's a that that's another one that could be a whole hour show. But I think um, you know, to some extent, I think we've worked in silos for so long. Um, we've been focused on single issues sometimes as organizations or single disabilities, and we have a hard time sort of expanding our our view and taking those blinders off and seeing that there's you know um, a whole scope of issues that really affects all people with disabilities that we could be working on together. And this forum is a prime example of one of the things, And when we work in silos, we're we're channeling our power one-dimensionally. But when we take those silos and break them down around events like this or around issues that are cross-cutting like the ADA Amendments Act, we really are um, so much stronger together. Well, Ann, do you want to talk for a minute about uh, what you do at AAPD and about Justice for All? I'd love to, Joyce. Um, My work at AAPD is really policy-focused, and it's grassroots-focused. So Justice for All is our national listserv, which we manage, and it reaches out all across the country to advocates and to government employees and to parents and to people with disabilities, just a huge, huge spectrum of of people that it reaches every day. And um, we send out Justice for All emails about two or three times a week, and it highlights everything from uh, moving legislation where um, we're calling grassroots advocates to action and, and encouraging them to to email or call their members of Congress. So it covers legislation in D.C., it covers things that are happening in the news. Anytime that disability is part of pop culture, we try to cover it and highlight it and show that disability is becoming more and more mainstream in, in America's um, thought process. So it covers, um, it's sort of like a like a digest of everything from legislation and action alerts to, um, you know, um, sort of snippets from all across the country of what's happening in, uh, you know, a finger to the pulse in the different states where legislation is passing on a state level that's, you know, maybe of interest. And I can tell you, for instance, um, some of the legislation that's passed and resolutions that have passed recently about disability history awareness um, in public schools, I think there's an, I think it's just under. A dozen states across the country have uh, mandatory disability history um, parts of their curriculum now in public schools and a lot of times when we when we elevate um, Something that's happening in the state level, I'll get flooded with emails from folks from other states who say, wow, that's, that's amazing. Like, I want to replicate that in my state. Can you put me in touch with the person that I would need to talk to to get the ball rolling on that? And then we make that happen. So Justice for All helps to bring the community together and showcase some of the great things that are happening around the country, as well as some of the things that are just completely unacceptable so we can, we can mobilize around them and make sure that they don't continue.
2: Well, how many people listen to this, just how, how many people, for All.
3: How many people subscribe to this, I should say? Justice for All is received by just under 4,000 people um, as direct email recipients, but we know that, they, that it, JFA is run verbatim on a number of other national and local and state listservs, so it's probably multiplied by you know, a factor of four or five, I would think.
2: Um, and how, how do you get that?
3: I'm sorry? How can someone subscribe to that? JFA is easy peasy. You can get it by one of two ways. You can either go to the aapd.com website, and you you can click on Justice for All in the left-hand column and enter your email address in and hit submit. That's all you have to do. All we need is your email address. The other way you can subscribe is by visiting the blog which sort of complements the uh, the listserv. The blog um, adds more pictures and more links and more information than what's featured in the email and that web address is www.jfactivist.org. And you can log on and, um, and sign up for the email on that blog site too. Well, I'm going to tell you
2: something. I love that site. I do, and I love that information. Because if you're wanting to know what's really going on in this country, this is such great information. It really is. And it's so important. It's important because it's all about civil rights. The civil rights of people with disabilities.
3: And Ann, do people write in and tell you stories on their own? all the time. We get submissions on JFA, um, you know, constantly. I would say the content is, is generated, at least 30 to 50% of it is generated by submissions. So people will write me as the moderator and, and give me articles that they've seen or they'll tell me about things that are happening in their community that they need help on and we'll highlight that on the listserv. So we get um, probably in the neighborhood of about a 1,000 emails every week from the grassroots um, and through them and, and respond to them as best we can. And um, there's, there's definitely a hunger in the community to find out what's going on. And yes, there is. And it will keep you up to date, it will keep you on target with everything that is going to happen. It's got a long history, too, Joyce. Uh, Justice for All was founded by Justin Dart, um, who is just a, an absolute stalwart. Civil rights great leader in our, in our disability rights movement history. And, uh, it was founded by Justin Dart and Mark Smith and Fred Fay and Becky Ogle in 1995. And, uh, was, was really led by their, um, their tireless leadership and advocacy as co-founders. Um, and they passed the baton to us, um, at AAPD in, uh, 2001. And we've been running it ever since. Well, you know what? Anything that Justin Dart
2: started, you know we love him. We're behind. And that is, of course, when I think of that name, Justice for All, that's who I think of. I think of Justin. And again, Yoshiko Dart, you're listening today. We are celebrating Justin's life every single show because his spirit is Is still with us And will always be with us That's why Yoshiko tells me He's here helping me In the area of employment And I know he is Okay listen we're going to go to break And then we'll be back to close the show With Ann Summers And we'll talk more About the event July 26th The presidential debate In Columbus, Ohio You are listening to Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be back with Anne.
0: Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now. 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's one 472 5787 Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com.
4: I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. In the great scheme of things, a minute isn't all that much, unless you happen to have a stroke. All of a sudden, those minutes count. Minutes that could mean losing your ability to talk, move, or walk. Which is why, if you can get help in time, your stroke can be treated. The warning signs of a stroke include sudden numbness or weakness of the face. If you experience this, call 911 immediately. Visit strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE-TODAY. A public service announcement from the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council.
0: VoiceAmerica.com
1: If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Spender.
2: And welcome back to the show. If you just joined us, I want to tell you now, we're talking to Ann Summers from AAPD, so you know what you need to do? Go back and listen to the whole show. Tell your friends. You know all these shows are archived on voiceamerica.com and benderconsult.com. So go back and check it out. We have such an exciting discussion today with Ann because we've been talking about the presidential debate in Columbus, Ohio, on July 26th about disability. And so you know this. There will be a webcast, correct, Ann? That's right. There will be a webcast. Disaboom is sponsoring. So if you go to aapd.com or disaboom.com, you can register. If you want all the information about this event, go to aapd.com. But the more people involved, the better it will be. Absolutely. And I have a very special question for you, Ann. If you had only one question that you could pose to both presidential candidates, what would it be?
3: Mm, That's a great question, Joyce. I think I remember during the primaries, I believe it was either ABC or CBS, one of the networks had done an interview with a number of the candidates, and um, Rudy Giuliani and Hillary Clinton were asked a question about what they were most scared of. And both of them, to varying degrees, talked about acquiring disabilities and aging and losing their independence and I thought it was a very vulnerable thing for both of them to say um, was to to admit that they had fear around disability um, and again they didn 't say it that directly, but that 's definitely what I took from it as a person with a disability and um, I think that was that was something that was real candid and very honest and um, policy issues and, and covering people 's positions on them are very, very important, um, especially when we're trying to establish a record going into a new administration. But I think um, I would probably come up with a question that would, would tap back into that vulnerability and, and really explore what some of their, their thinking was around disability and, um, and explore that some more. I'm not sure what the question would be, Joyce, but I just found that a very powerful moment for me as I watched as a viewer.
2: That's very interesting. Yes, that is interesting because there it goes. It goes back to this whole, you know, we have these models in our society. The medical model and then just a disability culture. And there is some reason that we still have over 60% unemployment rate for Americans with disabilities in this country. And, you know, I don't care if you throw in, all it's because people with disabilities have this issue or this lack of training or this or that. Folks, there's still an attitudinal barrier out there, and it comes from somewhere. So that would be very interesting, Anne, to go back and delve into again, wouldn't it? I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Because it sort of shows us the thinking of everyone and how they feel about
3: this. Right. And I think we have to deconstruct those attitudes before we can expect them to change. And what do you think that they would say if you asked them why we had this
2: high unemployment rate? Oh, that's a great question. Which that that would be my question. Yeah. What, What do you
3: think they would say? Well, it would be interesting to see if they did identify strictly policy issues or if they did talk about attitude. And I would hope that they would um, at, at least readily identify both of them, um, especially I know Senator McCain himself is a person with a disability um, being a a war veteran. And um, I would think that um, they would both be aware, at least on some level, of the attitude barrier that, that, that our community faces. Um, it would be very, very interesting to hear their answers. Do you think that they would talk about
2: the policy more than the uh, attitude, or what do you think?
3: Well, it's a, it, it's an interesting question because I think that they, you know, they've obviously been um, stabbed, you know, they'll have been stabbed and, um, um, you know, really educated by their campaigns on policy issues. And I think when, when you ask questions that are a little bit more um, instructive of a person's um, off-scripted views on things, um, you know, it, it, it sometimes is more informative in, in certain respects, and I think they'd probably approach that as a policy question. That's my gut.
2: Yeah, that's mine too. Well, Anne, the next two questions I have asked everyone that has been on Voice America for the past four years, no no exceptions, so here you go. You have, okay. to, you have to deal with it too. Okay. Anne, you have all, oh, believe me, from knowing this woman, she has – accomplished so much in her life. And I had the great joy of being with her. And Cheryl Sensenbrenner, our chair, our great chair of AAPD, at the Congressional First Lady's Luncheon, um, which was so nice. It's so nice of Cheryl to take us. And we, we really got to talk about a lot of things there. But it's very clear to me, Ann, that you have already accomplished so much in your life. My question is, what is your proudest accomplishment at this point? Hmm,
3: that's that 's a tough one Joyce but i think i think if i if I really lent my mind to it i 'd probably come up with the answer um, that just recently I have a younger sister who 's um, eleven years younger than I am, and she was recently uh, diagnosed with some similar disabilities that I have and um, and she, you know, she at first kind of had um, a reaction that it was a real negative. And she was real, um, she had some depression around it and wasn't dealing very well with it. And we've had some long conversations. Um, and she's obviously familiar with where I work and the work that I do. And recently, in the last six months or so, I visited her MySpace page, because that's really the storefront for most teenagers now, you know. And uh, if, you want, if you want some time with them, you have to go to their, myspace page and find them online and I was on her myspace page and she has um, started to really cover her myspace page with a lot of pride um, disability pride decals and messages and she's really exploring her identity as a woman with a disability. And, um, and she has attributed a lot of that to the conversations that we've had at late hours on the phone and in person. And, um, I think that's probably the proudest thing that I have right now is, is being able to have that one-on-one impact with someone who I love as much as my sister and, um, and see that, it, that conversations I've had with her have made a difference in how she's reacting to her disability and how she's embracing it as a critical part of her identity.
2: Well, what's her first name? Catherine. Catherine? Mm-hmm. Good for you, Catherine. Good for you. We need young disability leaders in this country. So that is awesome that you have, that she has that on her MySpace. All right. See if we have more people doing that, we will see young people making a difference. Here in our office we have a lot of high school students with disabilities as interns during the summer and believe me, it's so exciting to see the difference that they are making, and so with the college students also. Absolutely. Okay, well, Ann, if you could leave any message today with our, with our listeners, what would it
3: be? This one's easy, Joyce. I think the message I'd want to leave is that our community is so powerful. When I'm on the phone with the McCain campaign or the Obama campaign at a very high level, it's very obvious that we do have power Uh, They're the ones calling us, and our message from the grassroots to both campaigns does matter. Uh, Given that, you know, given that we have that power, we have to translate that power into our votes and our votes into change um, at the political levels. Um, We can make systemic change to things that have been longstanding problems for our community if we just start believing and really acting on that power that's so evident to me through the process of setting up this event.
2: Oh, how true that is. And one more
3: time, the event is July 26th where? Columbus, Ohio. At? It's at the uh, Center, and uh, the Conference and Technology Center at the First Church of God in Columbus, Ohio. And all the hotel and map information, all the information, critical information, is on our website at www.aapd.com.
2: That's aapd.com. Make sure you go check it out. Ann, thank you so much for being our guest today. And I want all of you listening to the show, come on, get with it, go. And you know, as Ann said, we don't care if you vote, Democrat or Republican, we care that you vote. Quote for today, Justin Dart Jr. Vote as if your life depends upon it, because it probably does. And with that, we'll see you next week. As we continue to celebrate our month, the signing of the ADA. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, on voiceamerica.com. See you
1: next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters, right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.